Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Oh boy, do I have a show for you today, folks. Do not go anywhere. Do not turn off the show. Do not delay the show. Do not pause the show and listen to the end. Matter of fact, I've got such a show for you today. I did something I never do. I didn't even brief Joe before the show. Right, Joe? Yeah. Because I want Joe's, it's not a joke. I want Joe's honest reaction. It is all now coming together finally, beautifully. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? We will control your vertical. We will control your horizontal. (laughs) The outer limits. Remember that? Yeah. No diggity. No doubt. Uh, We are on it today. Uh, Stunning new piece yesterday at the Epic Times about uh, George Papadopoulos and some Folks reached out to me, you know who you are, and a couple other folks from the media reached out yesterday as well, and it is now finally coming together just how devastating this thing was. So don't go anywhere. Let me get right to it. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at G-Code. G-Code. You know I'm a big supporter of the Second Amendment and your big all right to defend yourself, bear arms, defend yourself and your family. Uh, you know I'm a, I'm a gun owner, a firearm owner. I carry my firearm uh, for protection. Uh, luckily, I live in the state of Florida where they respect your Second Amendment uh, rights. And depending on your state's concealed carry laws, you want to protect your family when you go out, which is why you'll need a great holster to properly carry and secure your firearm. For more than 20 years, G-Code has produced what many consider to be the finest holsters in the industry. Today, they clearly lead the pack. These are 100% American-made products, all materials, all components, sourced right here in the United States. The owners of G-Code Holsters are military veterans, and they they are meticulous about the quality, innovation, and workmanship of their products and their holsters. Excellent drives, excellence drives everything they do, and every product comes with a lifetime warranty. These are beautiful holsters. Whether you're military, law enforcement, or civilian, G-Code has a holster for you. Check out the all-new, this is really cool, G-Code uh, Phenom in the waistband, inside the waistband holster. It's being hailed as a game-changer. For comfort and concealability, this is a must-have holster. Order online at range5, that's the number 5.com. That's range, the number 5.com, range5.com. Be sure to use promo code Bongino for 15% off. This is, this is my, uh, my new Inside the Pants holster. Check it out, range5.com, promo code Bongino for 15% off. All right, here we go. Get ready for the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go back to the August of 2016 text about the insurance policy. The text from Peter Stroke, the lead investigator, to his girlfriend at the time, Lisa Page. They are both senior FBI officials at the management level, one on the legal side, one on the investigative side. They are having an extramarital affair with each other. They are texting each other. Their text messages are exposed on July 27th. July 27th is when the inspector general, essentially the internal affairs agent for the government, investigating what's going on with the Clinton email case, finds these emails and notifies in, uh, special counsel Bob Mueller on July 27th. Right. On July 27th, Joe, follow me here. On July 27th, 2016, just to be clear, mm-hmm. the back and forth email exchanges and the text messages, one of them which was about an insurance policy, the insurance policy basically to get rid of Donald Trump. Remember that text, folks? Yeah. These FBI agents are talking about insurance policy. Nobody knew what the insurance policy was. It now is all coming together thanks to the Epic Times piece. The piece is in the show notes today for you to read and follow along if you want to pick it up right now. On July 27th of 2017, a number of critical things happen in this election. The Inspector General, Joe, 
who is investigating FBI uh, misdeeds in the Clinton investigation. The inspector general notifies Bob Mueller, we've got a problem. These two people involved in the investigation, both of Hillary Clinton and of Donald Trump, are texting each other. Here are the texts, and they are devastating. They're talking about an insurance policy to get rid of Trump, how Trump is a, I can't even use the words because they're expletives, is a, is a, is a blank mm-hmm. is a is a d his they smell his reporters you uh, excuse me his followers um you could smell them in the walmart these are devastating texts the inspector general knows they got a problem and bob Mueller figures it out too on july 27th follow this timeline it is absolutely critical now thanks to a good source i've had that's been uh been uh, let's say assisting for a while joe a couple of other things happen on july 27th So July 27, 2017 is the day Bob Mueller figures out his lead investigator in the Trump case is a dog, Peter Stroke. He also figures out that they were the people deeply involved in the Hillary Clinton case and they are they are corrupted by these texts. There's no way they can credibly testify. Right. Now, Joe. What else happens on July 27, 2017? Think, buddy. You and I have talked about this before. Now, you're the producer. It's not your job to keep these dates in your head. But when I say it, I know you remember it. Someone gets arrested on July 27, 2017 in a hurry-up arrest at Dulles Airport. That would be... Who is that? Papa D! Papa D! Yeah. Papa D. George Papa D in a quickie arrest... We're still not sure if there was an arrest warrant issued at the time. It seems like it was a PC arrest, a probable cause arrest at Dulles Airport. Why does that matter? It matters on that day on July 27th because, ladies and gentlemen, having been a federal agent, I'm telling you probable cause arrests. In other words, arrests not based on an arrest warrant. The only way I can explain it to you is police officers make PC arrests all the time. Right. When a police officer sees a street fight between Joey Bag of Donuts and Bobby Bag of Donuts and he makes the arrest, there's no arrest warrant. They didn't go to a judge and talk about the fight and get an arrest warrant. Why? Because it was based on probable cause, what the officers saw in their presence. Joe, are you tracking? Oh, big time, man. I've said to you repeatedly, if you're a regular listener to the show, that on the federal agent side, not the local policing side, but on the federal side of the ledger... These PC arrests are extremely uncommon. Judges don't like them. The U.S. Marshals Service doesn't like them. They want the paperwork in advance if possible. It's not illegal. It is, it is perfectly ethical, moral, and legal to make a PC arrest. I'm simply telling you, Joe, and this is an important point, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you from an insider's perspective. It is simply unusual. They don't like them. It, it administratively complicates arrests. Judges don't like them. The predictability of the arrest goes out the window. They would much rather have an arrest warrant in their hands in advance. So would the marshal service. Again, not illegal, not unethical. But I'm telling you from experience, extremely uncommon. Because in the federal side, you don't, you're not a patrol officer. You don't just happen upon a crime as an FBI agent on the way home. You copy, Joe? Mm-hmm. That's not your job. Right. The police officers who, when I was with the NYPD, just happen to fall into uh, observing a crime all the time. Sure. You turn a corner on the street, a guy's robbing someone, you get in a foot pursuit, you arrest him. There's no time to call a judge for a warrant. That's not the way the federal system works. You get a tip, you investigate the tip. You present your investigative results to an assistant United States attorney. They draw up a complaint or they, an indictment is, is issued, an arrest warrant's issued, then you go get your guy. That's how it works in the federal system. Probable cause, 
hurry-up arrests are extremely rare. What was the hurry on July 27th to get Papadopoulos? Mm. I'll get to that in a second. Mm. I always say, remember the names. Joe, remember the date. July 27th. So we now have two things on July 27th. We now have Bob Mueller, special counsel, uh, witch-hunting Donald Trump, being notified that his lead investigators are corrupted. There's a hurry-up arrest at the airport of George Papadopoulos. Why the hurry? You need to shut someone up? A couple of other things happen on July 27th, and I can't thank this source enough. This was brilliant. Joe, don't you find it awfully convenient that the Republican members of the House that were investigating all of the malfeasance and misdeeds that went on in the FBI against Donald Trump and for Hillary Clinton in the shelving of her email case? Do you know what? Let me, Joe, just let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you don't know the date in advance, right. but let me just, based on the conversation we're having now, mm-hmm. the House GOP issues an urgent call via letter for a special counsel to investigate the FBI. All right. What date do you think that happened on? Let me just throw that out to you. The, uh, Would you say July 27th? I was going to say that, Dan. You took the words right out of my mouth, that, baby. That, that, that's a great <laughs> guess, Joe, and you'd be right. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Joe's right again. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Woo-hoo. All of a sudden, on July 27th, Mueller finds out his team is corrupted. Papadopoulos gets hurried up arrest at the Dulles Airport on on what we believe to be a PC arrest. Very unusual. And the House GOP issues this urgent letter calling for a special counsel into misdeeds by the FBI during their Trump and Clinton investigations. Oh, it gets better, Daddy-O. Don't you go anywhere. I can see the look on your face. I'm pointing at him right now through our new (laughs) high-tech video connection. Okay. What else happens on July 27th? Well, there's an interesting article that appears in Circa, which is a, a news type, a newsy type uh, uh, outfit. I think uh, a couple of, of people at the, at the Hill and folks used to work there. But Circa is kind of like the Hill or Axios, Joe. All right. An article appears in Circa on July 27th, 2017. Oh, wow. What's that article about? Something we talked about during this week's, uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday show, Joe. The article is about a lead lawyer for the FBI who's in a lot of trouble, buddy. A whole lot of trouble. Let me read to you the headline of this piece from July 27th, 2017. Exclusive. A top FBI lawyer is allegedly under an investigation for leaking classified information to the media. Who's that lawyer? James Baker. The guy we found out this week on Monday is under criminal investigation, but we found out July 27, 2017, didn't we? All on the same day. Now, let me read to you a quote from, I'm going to tie this all to get, don't go anywhere. This is from the July 27, 2017 Circa piece. Three sources with knowledge of the investigation told Circa that James Baker is the top suspect in an ongoing leak investigation. Circa has not been able to confirm the details of what national security information or material was allegedly leaked. All this gets gets better, Joe. A law enforcement official with knowledge of the internal investigation in the Bureau told Circa the Bureau is scouring for leakers and there's been a lot of investigations. All these people out there, nothing's going on. Trump's not doing anything. Ah, are you sure about that? 
This was July 2-7 of 2017. It gets better. Skip to the next paragraph. <laughs> James Baker is a close confidant of former FBI director James Comey. Oh. And recent media reports suggest he was reportedly advising the then FBI director on legal matters following private meetings the former director had in February with President Trump in the Oval Office. Now, does it kind of make sense why when I gave that viral speech at the Breakers a few months ago, I kept telling you that the three-letter agency people are in a world of trouble because there's a paper trail? Ah, yes. Is it starting to come together? James Baker, the, 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 one of the head lawyers in the FBI, according to Circa's own report, not some right-wing outlet, a close confidant of Jim Comey, deeply implicated in giving Comey legal advice Legal advice on his conversations and the memos he drafted on his conversations with Trump was being investigated for criminal leaks. Criminal leaks. Conveniently, someone leaks this to Circa on July 27th of 2017. (laughs) Now, some of you more entrepreneurial types out there who've been following this case from the beginning may be putting together what's happening here. Mm. Um, if you haven't, no worries. I get it. You know, you all have jobs. Uh, you work for a living and you work hard. You don't have time to study every detail of this. My job is to do it for you, though. And I'm honored to fit that role. Folks, it's clear as day. July 2017, 2017 is the day that this, uh, this political civil war within the government, the spark was lit and the dynamite went off. My guess is what happened on July 27th, 2017, is that the administration and people got on the inside figured something out quickly. They figured out that the spying operation into Donald Trump was an effort to flip sources to get them to work while Donald Trump was president. Who was that person they likely tried to flip that right around July of the time this probably all came together? Well, you know what? Let me say let me say this show. It probably came together long before July 27, mm-hmm. 2017. Mm-hmm. The, the the July 27, 2017 date matters though because clearly at that point the IG the inspector general investigating this whole team had figured out that the two lead investigators uh by that time he had figured out they were corrupted and decided it was time to notify Mueller. Someone in the administration likely figured out that Mueller was then going to double down. Mueller was then going to try to cover their tracks. Someone in the Trump administration likely figured out they were going to have to get ahead of this narrative, Joe, that the Bureau and the special counsel were going to work to try to clean up the mess. What's the mess, Joe? And if it doesn't make sense, please stop me. The mess is clear. They were trying to flip Papadopoulos, the FBI, Mm -hmm. as an insurance policy, hoping he got an appointment within the Trump administration to use a spy on Donald Trump and an embed while he was president of the United States and the plan completely blew up. That's going to be part two of this. Oh, dude. You get where I'm going with this? Yeah, man. The inspector general sees the text. He knows what's going on. Somebody in the administration figures out now Mueller's going to find out. They're going to tell Mueller on July 27th, hey, buddy, your two lead guys investigating this thing, excuse me, your lead guy and his girlfriend texted the whole plan to flip a spy inside the Trump administration. You better figure this thing out. Mueller panics. 
What do they do? The guy they were trying to flip is Papadopoulos. This epic times piece, you've got to read it. Wow. It's, it's, it's illuminating. The whole scam gets exposed, gets exposed on the 27th. They know about it in advance. Please tell me you're tracking. With you. They rush to the airport to pick up Papadopoulos to arrest him to shut him up. They engage in a PC last-minute arrest with no warrant. They bring him in at something like 1.45 a.m. the following calendar day, which almost never happens unless it's an emergency situation or a violent crime. The marshals don't want to see you at 1.45 in the morning. There's not even a sitting magistrate judge to do the initial hearing at that time unless it's an emergency. Something happened. What happened is their entire scam to flip a spy, to get an informant within the Trump administration, that person, I believe being Papadopoulos, was completely exposed. Mueller knew it and they panicked. The administration, the Trump administration, knows the Mueller team is going to panic. And to get out ahead of them, somebody leaks to the media, notably Circa at that time, that the FBI's lead lawyer, who was advising Jim Comey this entire time, that the FBI lawyer himself is under investigation for criminal leaks himself. A criminal leak conspiracy to the media to, again, gaslight the public to prepare them for the fact that they want to impeach Trump on false information. I, let me, I didn't explain that well enough. The whole strategy, because they didn't have a collusion conspiracy, they only had a collusion fairy tale, was to get the fairy tale out into the media and embed it into the public psyche, mm-hmm. so much so, Joe, that the public pressure built for impeachment before the fact that the story was fake was exposed. Right. In other words, tell the story that Joe Armacost is an alien so many times through the media and the public that by the time it's exposed that Joe is in fact a human being, it doesn't matter. They've been gaslit already and, tr- and, and, and Joe's already in jail or in Trump's case impeached. Mm-hmm. So the Trump team, someone in there, I'm not sure how much of this Trump even knew, by the way. But someone within the Trump administration leaks out to the media via Circa on July 27 to prepare the public for the fact that these guys are frauds. Their story's been a lie that this guy Baker's under criminal investigation for felony leaks to the media. Do you see what this happened? What's happening here, Joe? It's, it's somebody. July 27 is the spark. Somebody yeah. lights the fuse for the stick of dynamite mm-hmm. that is going to go off on July 27. Mm-hmm. They know it, and it becomes a back-and-forth tit-for-tat. Mueller goes and has Papadopoulos locked up at the airport on a rush PC arrest to shut him up because he doesn't want Papadopoulos talking about the efforts to flip him to get him to work against the Trump administration. Why not, Joe? Obviously, because the Democrats and the liberal media don't want the story out there that they tried to recruit a spy to work in the Trump administration for a sitting president based on a false story. (laughs) Is this incredible? The same day, the House GOP investigating this, the Republicans who've been read in on this, who know the whole story, Joe, that they tried to flip Papadopoulos, the bureau that is calls for a second special counsel to look into this. This cannot be a coincidence. No. The leak, the Papadopoulos arrest, and the House GOP calling for a second special counsel, this is not a coincidence. This is all on the same day. This is the day the stuff hits the fan. Clearly, people who were not read in on the backstory here 
are failing to put this together. And I want to really applaud a couple of the folks out there who've been amazing, who have been doing a lot of this stuff as well. You know, it's a whole bunch of stuff going on that that all comes together here, Dan. But on top of that, it's almost surreal because this isn't supposed to happen in the United States. And it's really, really hard to to, to grasp, man. I mean, really supposed to be a constitutional republic, Joe. This is supposed to be a country that respects big R God given rights. Yes. That's not what happened here. That's the, the, the weaponization and abuses by the FBI and the IC, the intelligence community here, are legion. It is disgusting what happened here. Yeah. Now, what were they covering on July 27th? So part A of this show, our first 20 minutes was setting you up for this, this critical piece in the Epic Times yesterday. Part A of the show describes on July 27th how this entire scam and scheme is exposed Mueller panics because now he knows his lead investigators texts have exposed the efforts to spy on the Trump team and Trump while he's in the White House to get some spies to get some informants I should say to be more precise in my terminology Mueller panics the House GOP freaks out and the Trump administration someone within it leaks out the story to get ahead of this that Baker and Comey are frauds too and have been a part of this thing. What were they hiding? Folks, it all goes back to the August 2016 text by Page to Stroke, how I opened up the show about the insurance policy. That think about it as an insurance policy in case you die before you're 40 or whatever Stroke says there. Everybody's been wondering And a lot of the House GOP members who are read in on this, Nunes, Jordan, and others, have consistently focused on this text as being a source for trouble for the FBI, Joe. What was the insurance policy, the FBI agent leading an investigation in Trump? What insurance policy were they talking about? It seems crystal clear right now, Joe. Let's move a transition to Part B of the show, that that insurance policy was an effort to flip George Papadopoulos against Donald Trump. That failed and failed miserably. Let me walk you through this. George Papadopoulos is interviewed on January 27th. He's interviewed on January 27th of 2017 by the FBI. Mm-hmm. He's interviewed again on in uh, February. February 16th. He's interviewed again, and in the statement of offense they used to charge Papadopoulos, they say that Papadopoulos reiterated his his claims that he wanted to help the FBI. Reiterated, Joe, meaning it was iterated the first time. Yeah. Meaning what, Joe? On their initial January 27th interview of George Papadopoulos, there was likely some type of formal or informal cooperation arrangement made between George Papadopoulos and the FBI. Gotcha. Something previously, let's say, not disclosed or not disclosed in any detail. What the heck is going on here, folks? Who was Papadopoulos cooperating against? Why the rush to interview him again on February 16th? What happened at the February 16th meeting where Papadopoulos in the article describes the FBI storming out of there in anger? What happened? 
folks, they were playing Papadopoulos and Mifsud against each other. <laughs> it's so obvious now. It's clear as day. The sun, sun's finally come up. The FBI needed a source within the Trump campaign. They interview him uh, uh, January 27th, seven days after Trump is inaugurated president. Now, if you notice in the statement of offense against Papadopoulos, Mueller's own statement of offense charging Papadopoulos with false statements for the FBI, Mm -hmm. the timeline jumps, jumps around dramatically. It jumps around from August all the way to January. Now, John Solomon has brought this up at the Hill, and I brought this up on the show months ago. Yes, we did. Remember, Joe, Mm -hmm. how Solomon said a while ago, Solomon knows the whole story. Solomon has another piece in my show notes today that I'm hoping to get to. That's another bombshell. But Solomon has made a, a key tenet of his presentation on the Hannity show at night when he does his appearances of this broken timeline with Top Papadopoulos too. How the FBI seems to show interest in Papadopoulos in August of 2016 and shows no interest with him again all the way until January of 2017 after Trump is president. Ladies and gentlemen, if the FBI story is accurate that they started investigating Donald Trump because of George Papadopoulos's meeting with Alexander Downer, the Australian ambassador to the United Kingdom, where the topic of allegedly emails comes up, Hillary Clinton's emails and the Russians. If that was the impetus for the investigation, all the way back in the in the summer and spring of 2016, how the heck does the statement of offense have this missing block of time from the summer of 2016 all the way till January of 2017? And the answer is clear as day. The answer is this had nothing to do with Papadopoulos. This was an FBI effort to spy on the Trump team that fell apart. After the effort fell apart, when Trump was when wins the presidency, folks, they panic. They try to go back to Christopher Steele, as we saw with yesterday's show, that Bruce Orr's asked to reconnect with Christopher Steele after he's been fired by the FBI and after Jim Comey gets fired. Why? Because Andy McCabe, the number two that takes over the FBI, panics. He freaks out. He's intimately involved in this whole thing. He will do anything to make sure they can nail Donald Trump and cover up his misdeeds, Joe. So what does he do? He gets desperate. Mm -hmm. He goes back to Christopher Steele and asks Bruce Orr to connect with the author of the fake dossier to get more fake information they can hopefully leak to the media to put public pressure on the public to support an impeachment thing against Trump to get rid of him. What do they also do? The Papadopoulos timeline makes sense now. Papadopoulos had nothing to do with it. He was just in in the spring and summer. He's just another spoke on the wheel of this massive spying operation the Obama teams are conducting against the Trump team. But what happens in January, Joe? Nothing's working out for them. All of their supposed angles and evidence points and bullet points and data points showing that Trump colluded with the Russians turn out to be false. The dossier, everything turns out to be fake. They panic. They try to reconnect with Steele. The Steele connection doesn't work because they can't hide it. The reconnection, they've already fired him, deeming him not suitable for use. So what do they do? They got to go back to another person and flip him as an informant. Who is that person and why does he appear on January 27th? Because it's George Papadopoulos. They think they've got something on him and it's seven days after the election. They freak out, Joe. Nothing's working. Donald Trump is the president. They need to get rid of him. 
Comey, this entire cabal at the FBI, needs to make sure they can get somebody on the inside of this Trump team. Somebody. But they need somebody who's dirty a little bit, who they think is dirty. Now, why would they need someone who's dirty to work for them, Joe? Or they think is dirty or can dirty up? Well, Joe, let me ask you a simple question, because I'm sure some at home in the audience are asking the same thing. Certainly, Daniel. Well, why would Papadopoulos work for the FBI? Joe, if the FBI came up to you today and asked you to be an informant on a crime that never happened, would you agree? Uh, On a crime that never happened? No. Probably not, right? (laughs) No. But what if the FBI came to you, Joe, Mm -hmm. and you were shady on whether this happened or not? You're not really sure, but they say, Joe, listen. We're going to take away little Joe. We have evidence you've been engaged in a, in a, in treason with the Russians. Would you consider it? I mean, they might have like $10,000 they want to hold over my head or something. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that would give them some ammo. Yeah. You know what I'm Very saying, Very strategic brother. use of that $10,000 for you. I know where you're going with that. Yes, brother. Uh, yes. They needed, They. it's now clear. Yeah. They played Papadopoulos and Mifsud against one another. Remember, the Papadopoulos-Mifsud connection. Back in April of the prior year, Papadopoulos is uh, alleged to have, he meets with Mifsud, he's not all, he did meet with Mifsud, but the allegations of what happened at this meeting with Joseph Mifsud are the key component of the entire FBI case against Papadopoulos. Please, man, I hope you're following me. I actually prayed before the show, I'm not kidding, God, I, allow me to speak with clarity, precision, and some wit here. I know you did, Inspire dude. me, put the thoughts in my head and the words on my tongue so you'll understand what's going on, because this is so devastating. The year before, Papadopoulos, who keep in mind is just a small spoke in a massive operation to spy on Donald Trump, through unmasking, through targeting Mike Flynn, targeting any foreign calls by the Trump administration, misuse of the NSA database, misuse of the FISA courts, targeting Carter Page, the two hop rule. They are all spokes in a major, keep at the 30,000 foot, 60,000 foot, 120,000 foot view in your head. It is a major operation by a sitting president to use everything at his disposal to spy on Trump. Papadopoulos is a small spoke in this wheel. The small spoke does not work out. They abandon it. They abandon it in the summer. They come back to it after Trump is president because they don't have anything else. Every other angle they pursued, Carter Page, unmasking, Mike Flynn, none of it's working out. None of it. They have to get rid of Trump. So what happens? Well, you have to understand Papadopoulos' spoke first. When you look at the statement of offense against Papadopoulos and Papadopoulos' interview yesterday with the Epic Times, it's crystal clear what went on here. Let me read to you from the Epic Times piece yesterday because there's an explosive new allegation. Pieces in the show notes. This is mandatory reading. Quote, Epic Times. In a previously undisclosed interaction with the FBI, an FBI agent asked Papadopoulos to wear a wire to record Mifsud, according to the transcript. The offer occurred at a cafe in Chicago on or around January 31st, 2017, just days after Papadopoulos' first interview with two FBI agents on January 27th. Papadopoulos, without a lawyer, met this lone FBI agent, one of the two interviewed him days earlier, who asked Papadopoulos to travel to London again, and told him he would get a glimpse into the operation from behind the scenes. They tried to flip this guy. 
Now, again, you entrepreneurial investigators out there who've been listening to the show for a while, you've been saying, well, Dan, I thought you, you, you've been indicating for a while that Mifsud was a Western intelligence asset. So let's explain what happens in the prior year. Papadopoulos, this foreign, advi- foreign policy advisor for the Trump team, at a low level, granted. He's asked to meet with this, uh, this uh, Maltese professor, Joseph Mifsud, in April of the prior year. It is alleged that Mifsud is the one who tells Papadopoulos that the Russians may have emails on Hillary. Ladies and gentlemen, that point is key. I believe Papadopoulos was the subject of a targeted FBI investigation, an FBI investigation to rope Trump team members into a conspiracy to uh, hack into Hillary's uh, emails by the Russians. How do they do that? They push the information into the Trump team and they see what they do with it. They're monitoring them. They're clearly looking for FISAs. They're clearly using the NSA database. They want the Trump team to talk about Joe, information they got from other people about Hillary's emails and the Russians. Right. They need this because they need to rope them into the spying operation and use it as material to leak to the media before the election. And God forbid, after the election, if Trump gets elected to use him for impeachment. Are you tracking me? Now, if you are tracking at home, you may be saying, well, Dan, is Mifsud working with our, our intelligence or partners in London or is Papadopoulos? Because why would the FBI then ask Papadopoulos to wear a wire against Mifsud? Ladies and gentlemen, it's distinctly possible that not all parties are talking to each other here. Mifsud may have been working with Western intelligence partners. While the law enforcement side of it, the Bureau, may have initially been unaware of this. Remember Lisa Page's commentary from yesterday. Her, her testimony up on the Hill was exposed and Page seems adamant that they did not know about the dossier until September of 2016. But it's clear as day now that John Brennan knew about it earlier. And it's also clear as day from John Solomon's piece now, which you read in the Hill today, that Andy Weissman, Mueller's bulldog, and others, when he was with the Justice Department, clearly knew that this information was coming from Steele, a corrupted source, way before the FBI's alleging they found out about it in September. I know it gets confusing here. I must step in. You may have to listen to this twice. As the ombudsman. It is a load of information to process gosh it is joe but it's so critical i i'm i'm let me explain this to you again Mm -hmm. they're trying to set up papadopoulos in in the spring of 2016 Mm -hmm. because he's a member of the trump team they push onto him information from mifsud about russian emails uh being emails from hillary being held by the russians Mm -hmm. in an effort To get Papadopoulos to play ball with it, to contact people on the Trump team. Hey, this is great. Look, the Russians are going to work with us and get us Hillary's emails. You follow that part. Yeah. You tell me, please tell me you do. Okay. Yeah, we're good. It's a setup. I'm suggesting to you that that setup may have been an IC setup by people in the intelligence community working with Five Eyes partners in an effort to set up a member of the Trump team. To do what? To leak that information to the media if Papadopoulos plays ball. Look, the Trump team wants to work with the Russians to get Hillary's emails in an effort to do two things at the same time, Joe. Mm -hmm. 
in an effort to undercut the Trump team's credibility, and secondly, to make the Hillary email scandal go away by making it look like it's a foreign operation with Trump. You tracking? Big time. That's step one. Needed the recap, dude. Okay, good. And feel free to stop. This is why mm-hmm. you're here. Well, you're here for other reasons, too, but that's your biggest, that's your most important role. Folks, step one doesn't work because Papadopoulos doesn't play ball. He doesn't do anything with criminal with the investigation. Start conspiring with the Trump team to reach out to Russian officials and get the emails. He doesn't do it. The Bureau panics. That spoke on their wheel of the spying operation falls apart. It doesn't come back again until everything else fails. The FISA warrant against Carter Page. They're tapping in the NSA database. Joe, they don't have anything on this. The Trump team is not playing ball. They're not working with them on this. The IC, I believe in conjunction with Brennan's team, his small group, are desperately trying to get the Trump team to talk about this stuff so they can push it to the Bureau and nothing happens. What do they do? They panic. They bring in Alexander Downer later. Alexander Downer later meets with Papadopoulos in this London pub. And the allegation then is that uh, Papadopoulos mentioned something about emails. An allegation later refuted by Papadopoulos and Downer as well, who says he just mentioned dirt on Hillary, which was already a public story. But Joe, the Bureau's panicking too. Why? Again, this scandal's not working out. They're trying to set up the Trump team just for, for, and get them on tape and get them on recordings and get informants within the Trump team to admit that the Trump team is trying to work with the Russians for Hillary's emails. But the problem, Joe, is they're not doing it. Right. So they panic. Downer comes into the mix. The Downer conversation with Papadopoulos is used as a reason to start an investigation against Papadopoulos. Was there a FISA against him too? Papadopoulos? What happens after the downer meeting, Joe? Nothing. Nothing happens after the downer meeting. Because in the downer meeting with Papadopoulos, where they talk about dirt on Hillary, clearly someone in the FBI starts an investigation, but realizes after a couple weeks of investigating, there's no there there. There's nothing there. That's why you don't see Papadopoulos enter the picture again until after the election when you know, uh, uh, tier one level panic sets in and people in the FBI are like, holy Moses, it's going to be exposed that we tried to get Papadopoulos dirtied up and tried to flip him. Good deal, brother. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So after seven days after the election, the Bureau shows up at his house again. And in an effort to get him dirtied up, what do they say? Hey, we'd like you to wear a wire against Miss Sood. Now, there are two possibilities here. If Mifsud, here's possibility number one. The people in the FBI are not read in as to what the intelligence community did by working with Mifsud to dirty up Papadopoulos. Please tell me that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Here's scenario number one. People within the intelligence community, not the law enforcement community on the FBI side, working with Brennan and some partners in London and probably some private companies too, are trying to dirty up the Trump team. They don't tell the FBI about this. The guy they're using as a as a uh, as a a, a a spy for them, Mifsud, is n- the FBI may believe at this point he's legitimately dirty, Mifsud. 
They, but they they think Papadopoulos is dirty too, Joe, nah. because Papadopoulos has been dealing with the dirty guy. Gotcha, gotcha. It's like if you were trying to corroborate a corroborate a uh, uh, excuse me coordinate a bank robbery with a bank robber. Yeah. They think you're dirty too for being a piece of it, but they also want the bank robber. So the bureau comes in, figures out that they may be able to flip Papadopoulos as a source within the Trump administration if he gets a job there. By getting him to wear a wire with Miss Sood, and then they have something on him. They have this whole thing. They have this this April meeting with him, where he's dealing with this alleged Russian guy. Uh, excuse me, Miss Sood. This guy connected to Russians in the emails. In other words, they have a chit against them. Chit, C H. You see what I'm saying, Joe? Sure do. They probably approached Papadopoulos on January 27th. Hey. We know you were meeting with this guy, Mifsud, not realizing right. Mifsud is an intelligence asset for Western intelligence. And he mentioned some of Russian emails, George, you're in a lot of trouble. You better work for us. This is really an effort to flip Papadopoulos on Trump, though. You get it? Mm-hmm. They don't care about Mifsud. Mm-mm. How do we know that, Joe? <laughs> because they interview Mifsud. Just weeks later, on February 11th, after they interview Papadopoulos on twenty seventh on January 27th and ask him to wear a wire, Papadopoulos doesn't want to do it. On February 11th, they interview Ms. Sood. He's never seen again the FBI. Right. Folks, what happened here? What happened is pretty clear at this point. Somebody notifies the FBI after the February 11th meeting with Mifsud that Mifsud was an intelligence asset for friendlies trying to set up the Trump team. The Bureau panics. The Bureau panics because now they realize they've been trying to flip Papadopoulos the whole time and Papadopoulos is the victim of a setup by our own IC. What do they do, Joe? They go back to Papadopoulos five days after the Mifsud interview, <laughs> February 16th. Papadopoulos figures out the scam. It's clear as day. Why, Joe? He deletes his Facebook yeah. page and gets rid of his cell phone. Mm-hmm. He figures out the Bureau's not looking for Mifsud. The Bureau's looking for him. Between this period, Papadopoulos wipes his accounts clean. I'm not suggesting it's the right thing to do. I'm just telling you what happened. The Bureau comes back to him in an extra super panic on February 16th, just five days after the Mifsud interview, probably realizes, holy, Mifsud is an IC asset for us. He's not a Russian. What do we do now? We got to shut this guy up. They go back to Papadopoulos, desperate now for him to cooperate against the Trump team, realizing their role in this whole thing, that the Bureau was probably people were hoodwinked in this massive scheme. Believe me, I'm not suggesting at all that they are without stain on this because there's another option too, which I'll get to. But they panic in the interview because now Papadopoulos with his lawyer in the room, February 16th, is totally not interested in playing ball at all. Gets rid of his Facebook, gets rid of his phone. Their FBI realizes now, Joe, they've got a real problem. But Mueller's team... Yeah, but excuse me, the team working on this case, mm. Mueller's not a key player in this yet. The team working on this case, Joe, realizes they have a serious, serious problem. Because Papadopoulos is out there 
Now people know they have recordings likely of Papadopoulos' meeting with Masood. They realize Masood is likely an intelligence asset being groomed to work against a presidential candidate that they're all nailed for their role in it, but it doesn't become transparently obvious how much trouble they're in, Joe, until July 27th, 2017. When the Inspector General, Michael Horowitz, goes up to the Bob Mueller team and says, hey, Bob, have you read these text messages? Oh, boy, were those probably an eye-opener for Bob. Hey, we better go arrest Papa D. I have another option for you. All right. Let me just get through this. Let me read this. because Don't go anywhere. There's another potential. I'm leaning towards that first option I told you. That the Bureau was entirely unaware that Mifsud was a Western intelligence asset. They needed to flip Papadopoulos. They figured this out on February 11th. That's why Mifsud disappears to never be seen again. The Bureau panics too. Look what we did. We're going to get busted. Trump's going to figure this out. He can declassify all this. You better go arrest Papadopoulos. Mifsud, don't show your face, like ever. All right, today's show also brought to you by one of my favorite new apps, Robinhood. It's an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. This thing is so super easy to use, folks. I love this app. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just wealthy folks. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with real confidence. A great app comes highly recommended. Simple and intuitive, clear designs with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. This is one of the best parts about it. There's no commission fees here, folks. Other brokerages can charge up to $10 for every trade that eats into your money. Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. They trade stocks and you keep all of your profits. It's easy to use. It is easy to understand charts and market data. I'm not kidding. You don't have to be a financial analyst to read their charts. They are written out so elegantly and beautifully. You can go, oh, that makes sense. You can make your own decisions on how to place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. The Robinhood web platform also lets you view stock collections, the 100 most popular, entertainment, social media, whatever you want, and analyst ratings of buy, holds, or sells for every stock. You can learn how to invest as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, and track favorite companies with your personalized newsfeed. You can custom uh, notify stuff for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock today, like Apple, Ford, or Sprint, to help build your portfolio. Sign up at Bongino.Robinhood.com. Make sure you get this right. That's Bongino.Robinhood.com. Bongino.Robinhood.com. This is a really Really terrific app for those of you at home interested in investing and looking to make it easy and versatile. Bongino.robinhood.com. Please check it out. Folks, there's another possibility here to this massive, massive scandal. We now know that despite the Democrats' protestations otherwise, That Andy Weissman, who's on the Mueller team, according to John Solomon's latest piece, is aware that the FBI's primary source of information in the Russian collusion thing, Steele, is corrupted. Apparently, Bruce Orr briefs, this is according to the Solomon piece, people at the Justice Department, why Andy Weissman was still there, briefs them 
briefs McCabe at the FBI and others. And he, when he tells them about the information in the Steele dossier, Bruce Orr, under oath in Congress, Joe, has said that he was clear as day that this was potentially corrupted information that was the result of a guy who didn't like Trump. Now, this is new. As Sean Hannity said last night, he's right. They knew. They knew the whole time. The Democrats and the up in Congress, folks, and, and, and the media has been insisting the entire time here that when the dossier information was presented to the FISA court to spy on the Trump team, that people in the FBI were unaware of the political motivations of the document. People in the DOJ were unaware. That is not true. Let me read to you from John Solomon's piece. But Orr's contacts about the Steele dossier weren't limited to the FBI. Listen to the dates, Joe. The date of the insurance policy text from Peter Stroke is August of 2016. Or briefs uh the justice but he said in august of 2016 nearly two months before the fisa warrant was issued that he was asked to conduct a briefing for senior justice officials listen to who's in this briefing those he briefed included andrew weissman then head of the doj's fraud section bruce schwartz longtime head of the doj's international operations and uh, zainab ahmad an accomplished terrorism prosecutor who at the time was assigned to work with lynch as a senior counsel she is now on the special counsel with andrew weissman as well now do you understand the cleanup operation? Mueller's bringing in all of these people who were briefed as far back in August, as August of 2016 about a dossier that later turned out to be false from a guy, Steele, Christopher Steele, who Bruce Orr told them was a corrupted source. Now do you understand why Mueller was the only guy who could possibly be appointed for the special counsel who could clean up this mess? Because he was going to hire the people involved in the mess. Of course they were going to make their role in it go away by keeping the attention on Donald Trump. Right around the same time, Bruce Orr is telling them about this, this, this phony dossier. Stroke probably catches on. He's the lead investigator in this case. Remember, he texts his girlfriend in another text exchange, Joe, that there's probably no there there. Right. When talking about the investigation of Trump, Lisa Page has said on, in Congressional Hill testimony, in, in uh, Capitol Hill testimony, that, that, that by the time they had uh, that got the FISA warrants, that it still could have been literally nothing. What does this tell you, Joe? Now it makes the insurance policy text in August twenty of August of twenty sixteen around the same time make sense. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Stroke, mm-hmm. who's an experienced but rather dopey investigator at times, but is the lead investigator on this case against Trump, clearly figures out that there's probably this is a garbage case. They need an insurance policy. What is the insurance policy? The insurance policy at this time is clearly going to be the work they do on George Papadopoulos to flip him to get Papadopoulos to work. Folks. This is this thing. It's so devious and disgusting I just want you to take some solace in the fact that I'm absolutely convinced that all of these players are going down. They have left a massive, massive paper trail. Now, I want to get to two more things. I I teased before the the read, and I I don't want to leave this out because I want to get to one more thing before the end of the show as well. There is another option here. So just to let's pull this back out and summarize the whole show. Around August of 2016, there's a lot of action in this case. 
Orr is briefing the FBI. Bruce Orr. Bruce Orr is talking to Steele. Investigations are going on. This is right before the FISA warrant. They're desperate to get information on the Trump team because they're spying on him. They start to realize their investigation is falling apart. This is when the investigation into Papadopoulos kind of the timeline lapses for a while because they're probably moving on to other targets and other spokes in their spying wheel. Someone texts about an insurance policy at this point. It's a stroke text page. The insurance policy is likely the flipping of people within the Trump team, notably Papadopoulos being one of them, trying to dirty up Papadopoulos to get him to be a source while Trump is uh, campaigning and get him to be a source uh, afterwards. It doesn't work out. Papadopoulos figures out when they come back to him in January, Papadopoulos figures out what they're doing. They ask him to wire up against Mifsud. They likely figure out Mifsud is an IC asset in their interview on February 11th. They back off that on the Mifsud side. Mifsud disappears. They go back to Papadopoulos February 16th to try to shut him up. He won't shut up. So what do they do? They lock him up on July 27th after the texts are exposed, exposing the whole scheme. But there's another possibility here I want to put out there. And the other possibility is this. That Mifsud may have been what this guy quotes to me in in an unwitting. Mifsud may not have been the IC asset they were using to set up Papadopoulos, Joe. In the statement of offense, notably, they talk about this Russian MFA connection that uh, Mifsud introduces Papadopoulos to. In other words, Mifsud introduces Papadopoulos to a Russian. Okay. How they frame the Russian in the statement of offense is very distinct. They leave out sex at many points, um, uh, the, you know, the, the sex of the, of the source indicating that this Russian MFA connection may have been the IC asset him or herself. In other words, Mifsud, Joe, Mifsud may have been unwittingly involved in this. Mm -hmm. He then may have been approached later on by intelligence community members. The Bureau figures this out in February of 11, uh, February 11th of 2017 when they interview him and then gives him the boot too and says, don't ever speak of this again. But it's fascinating how they describe this Russian MFA connection. In other words, folks, either way, option one that uh, Mifsud is the asset working for the intelligence community to set up Papadopoulos, or option two, it's this mysterious Russian MFA connection who's really spying for our IC community. Either way, Papadopoulos was clearly being set up. There is an effort here repeatedly with Papadopoulos approaching him. Joe mentioned the $10,000, the approach to Papadopoulos with this $10,000 overseas, which the account of that's disputed by the other person involved, Charles Tawil. But you can read the Epic Times piece. But there were multiple approaches to Papadopoulos. I'm asking you this question now. Why the rush to, uh, to arrest this guy on July 27th on what appears to be a PC warrant? And the answer seems crystal clear right now. They needed to shut him up and shut him down. There was no other way to do it. They tried to flip Papadopoulos. They were using Papadopoulos, what they thought as a source, and they were trying to dirty him up to use him if he got hired later on by the Trump team, or they were trying to use him against Mifsud until they found out Mifsud was being used by the IC against Papadopoulos. Folks, I'm really starting to believe that some of the key players in the Bureau Knew what they were doing. Believe me, they knew they were investigating Trump for no reason. But that Brennan kept a lot of them in the dark as well. 
that there may have been a deep and detailed IC operation with foreign partners in London and elsewhere to set up Donald Trump, to leak that information to the media. They only brought in law enforcement later, Joe, with the August memo from Harry Reid after he gets briefed by Brennan as they started to panic about the election and figured out President Trump, at that time candidate Trump, may in fact win this thing. And if he was going to win, they were all going to be exposed. They needed an insurance policy. That insurance policy was going to be to flip Papadopoulos against the Trump team, believing he was involved in this in this Russian scandal, only figuring out later that Mifsud and the whole thing was a setup by the IC. There was no Russian scandal. There was an intelligence community scandal. Hence the July 27th political civil war date where Mueller figures out the team he's been using the whole time has been corrupted. They have to arrest Papadopoulos. The House GOP figures it out. Calls for a second special counsel. And conveniently, someone leaks to Circa about a top FBI lawyer working with Comey who may have been involved in a scheme to leak information to the media. Folks, I know this show was complicated today. And I'm sorry for that. But this is one of the more critical shows we've done in a long time. This article by the Epic Times is devastating. I have to be candid with you. I'm not even sure uh, Papadopoulos understands the layers involved in this. He may. I'm, uh, let's, we should try to get him back for another interview, Joe. But mm-hmm. it seems clear as day now that Papadopoulos in January of 27th is a, a clear as day, according to his own words, is approached and is possibly going to work with the FBI. But Papadopoulos doesn't realize, Joe, that the FBI is not targeting Mifsud. The FBI is targeting Papadopoulos. Right. They need a source inside the Trump team. Papadopoulos figures it out. He figures it out, and that's why he panics with his Facebook page and his phone. And the FBI rushes in on February 16th to clean this mess up. They can't have it go public that they're trying to recruit a spy inside what what now may be the Trump administration. They had to clean this mess up. They thought they had gold. He met with Misud. They to- they met with this Russian MFA connection. They were talking about emails. Uh, I'm not sure Misud was who the FBI thought he was. Folks, this is a devastating piece. Please, please check it out. All right, I'd love to hear your feedback on the show today. I understand it was complicated. Please listen twice. I did. I tried to repeat myself as little as possible on it. Um, I know some of you like that. Some of you don't. Uh, We went right straight through it in the timeline, but I think if you listen twice, it'll all make sense. The Bureau thought they had gold in Papadopoulos, never realizing that their own intelligence assets were working against them. uh, Intelligence assets for friendlies. It now appears crystal clear based on this new information that Papadopoulos was asked to wear a wire against Mifsud, which makes absolutely no sense if Mifsud was working for our guys and the Bureau knew it, unless... They were trying to get Papadopoulos groomed to be an informant later on and told Mifsud, just play ball with this guy. 
makes absolutely no sense. All right, thanks again for tuning in, folks. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. You'll get the show every day. It's free. Uh, You can also follow on iHeartRadio. Follow us on Spotify. You can subscribe on SoundCloud and elsewhere. It really helps us uh, move up the top charts. It is absolutely free, but it's the subscriptions, not just the downloads, that help us move up the charts. I'd love to hear your feedback on today's show. You know where to find us. Our contact is on our our webpage, Bongino.com. Please subscribe to the show notes as well and read them today. They're really, really important. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.